Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Chirtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Boston is Mark Schreiber. Mark is Senior Counsel at McDermott, Will & Emery. And today we're going to be talking about PCI compliance. Uh, first, Mark, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, for those not as familiar with it, can you tell us what is PCI compliance and what kind of organizations does it apply to? Sure, and thanks so much, Adam, for having me. PCI is an abbreviation for payment card industry, and they have a set of rules called PCI DSS, Payment Card Industry Data Security Standard. It essentially governs the rules and security policies and procedures for any entity that takes credit or debit cards or stores card data or processes card data or any third party that might touch the card data environment or affect the security of card data. So it involves a lot of third parties, banks, uh, card brands, and others. So anytime you make a card purchase on the internet, on a web platform, or in a store, PCI are the set of rules that govern those transactions and very important rules for all of our safety. Now, we've been on the standard of PCI 3.2.1. Uh, we're now gonna be moving to 4.0. What did 4.0 intend to do? Yeah, 4.0 is the next iteration of PCI DSS. The prior version was 3.2.1. The uh, Payment Card Security Council uh, issued a new version in the last year or so. It gave us a couple of years grace period. It's been maybe seven years since they amended the last version. This version is far more detailed and robust. It's intended to clarify some misunderstandings uh, of earlier obligations to make them clearer and more succinct. And it also imposes a bunch of new obligations. In fact, there are 53 new obligations for everybody and 11 new obligations for third parties. Wow. So let's talk about those third parties. What did 4.0 change about third party service providers? Well, we knew in the prior version that third parties had to be monitored uh, and overseen by the merchant. But this new version of 4.0 makes it much more exacting. And, and why bother with third parties? Well, we know from various research studies that something like uh, a third or maybe 40% of card breaches are due to third parties. So the security obligation on the connections between third parties, merchants, web hosting facilities, um, any transaction over the internet is very important. And with the pandemic, there was just uh, an exponential increase in card transactions and thus the risk went up. That wasn't the intent or the, uh, the background for 4.0, but it is a reason why they started putting in these additional requirements. So just to tick off a few, 
The merchant's got to maintain a list and description of all of its third-party service providers. They have to have written agreements with these TPSPs that account for the security standards. They have to establish a process for due diligence prior to the engagement of any third party. They have to implement a program to monitor third parties at least once every 12 months. And they have to obtain or complete information about which PCI obligations are managed by the third party, which are managed by the entity, usually meaning the merchant, and which are shared between the two. And the latter translates into this so-called responsibility matrix. That's been around for a number of years, but a lot of times third parties or merchants either didn't ask for it or didn't do it. So now a third party has to acknowledge in writing to customers, often meaning merchants, that they're responsible for certain aspects of PCI and they have to comply with requests from the merchant or the customer uh, to supply their attestations of compliance or information about the responsibility matrix and who's responsible for what in the card environment. So it's a much more rigorous and detailed oversight of third parties and a lot more uh, responsibility on the merchant. So let me just pause there and identify one of the critical factors here. Many small or medium-sized merchants erroneously believe as long as they've outsourced their card processing function to a third party, that the merchant or the customer doesn't have any PCI obligations. That is not the case. The merchant is still on the hook and new version 4.0 makes that explicit. And that's a, a big change for organizations. Uh, let me just stop for a second to ask about the responsibility matrix. Um, I assume it just outlines when something happens, good or bad, who's responsible for what. Is that correct or is there uh, something else really to it? It's a lot more than that. It's a preventative measure that outlines all aspects of what the third party with respect to their services is supposed to be doing. In other words, you engage a vendor for a particular service. That service has to be matched to the 12 PCI requirements. And which of those requirements the third party is doing and which the customer or the merchant is responsible for. So you have a matrix of at least 12 items, maybe some subcomponents, and you got to check off the box who's responsible for which of those 12 requirements or are they shared between the two? So there'd be three columns and uh, at least 12 rows. So you have a matrix that's got to be completed. Most of the major third-party platforms will have already done that. Some will have them on their website, so they're easy to find. And other, some other third parties may have never done it or didn't realize that they may affect the security of the cardholder environment, which is another requirement. 
and maybe nobody's ever done a responsibility matrix with that third party. So one of the critical features is you have to list your third parties. And it's any third party that could touch the cardholder environment or any third party who may maintain or access any card data or have a connected to system to it. Or third and equally important, any third party that might affect the security of the cardholder environment. That last criteria or option is important because some third parties or some merchants won't realize what third parties could affect the security of the cardholder environment because that third party wasn't engaged for PCI purposes directly. They may be indirectly engaged or have some connection or connected to system to the cardholder environment. So it's really an exercise in third-party vendor management, including the agreements with the third parties. It is an amazing the number of places where third-party risk and management comes up in the world of compliance. So given these changes, what should compliance teams be doing now to ensure that they're going to be PCI 4.0 compliant? Well, uh, from a top level, I think a compliance officer or head of compliance or privacy lead needs to appreciate that this is going to likely be a project. It's not a one-stop look at the form. It's got to be who are the interested and involved parties. Is it IT? Is it legal? Is it compliance? Who's managing the PCI function now? Are they aware of the 4.0 changes? Are they aware that every year you've got to do an SAQ or for the level one major merchants, a report on compliance? The big players all know this. The middle and smaller players may or may not be aware of all of what they've got to do. And every self-assessment questionnaire has to be done annually by a merchant and it's got to be signed. And when you sign it, it says and means you're complying with all of these requirements. And so with third parties, you got to make sure you're doing all of this stuff. So for a compliance officer, you want to look at your last SAQ, see if it's signed, see if there was a QSA, a qualified security assessor who has brought in and validated it. If it's just signed by the company, then you need to go through an exercise of, are we addressing all these new changes? Are we doing what we said in this questionnaire? And the simple SAQA forms can be you know, 20, 30 pages of questions, a more complex SAQD if you're storing card data or you're doing a POS uh, on-site swipe cards might be 75, 80 pages. There are a lot of questions in much more detail. So how do you accurately complete that form, validate you're actually doing what you said on that form, and appreciate what the new changes are that go into effect next year? So it's a job, and it may well be a heavy lift. It may be an especially heavy lift 
if there is new technology that the company has begun to employ that might touch the cardholder environment. And with the proliferation and expansion of card purchases and new technologies, platforms, and structures, there is a lot more connectivity often to the merchant's cardholder environment some of which may not be recognized until you do this inventory. So it's a job. It and certainly it's not sounds like it. Right away. No, I think that, you know, an 80 page questionnaire is not something you can go through in a day, or at least, and do it in a good way. So, where are you seeing the greatest struggles around this? Is it just the sheer amount of self-assessment that needs to be done or are there other issues that are causing challenges for organizations uh at the outset a number of organizations need to appreciate the basics a they have to do these saqs every year b they have to be completed and accurate c that mere outsourcing your card payment function to a third-party payment platform isn't enough and that there's more to do so if you get past the basics the next level is any new technologies that the company has employed or deployed that might affect or connect to the cardholder environment have you scoped your cardholder environment correctly and once you get to that, then there are nuances about, as we discuss, responsibility matrices, allocating uh, the obligations correctly. Is there some third party who doesn't want to give you an AOC or says it's not applicable to them and what are you going to do? And then there are more nuanced issues about these uh, new risk assessments and customized controls. So it's really a continuum of obligations, but you sort of got to start with the basics. Have we been doing it correctly already? And then what's new that's coming toward us that we have to comply with? Well, I think it's going to be yet one other thing that's going to keep compliance officers busy for quite some time. Well, Mark, thank you for sharing these insights with us today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletow from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.